for our time then this afternoon or this morning. Let us return to Matthew Gospel. We'll find our text there basically in verse 41. We shall read from verse 38. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas and behold a greater than Jonas is here and the title for our meditation is taken directly from the text verse 41 greater than Jonah who is greater than Jonah well here the Lord Jesus Christ is pointing to himself. He is the one who is greater than Jonah. Now we have been looking at the book of Jonah and it would not be wrong and we would not be distorting the word of God to say to this congregation here that Jonah has been preaching to you. During the time that we have been looking at his book, we have studied him and we have sought to draw many lessons from it. But, and as we noticed last week, at the end of Jonah, there's really, a, it finishes and it, there's certain questions we might ask. What happened afterwards? Well, we're not told what happened afterwards. But when we go to the New Testament, and when we go and hear the voice of the preacher from heaven, this is the lesson that we're meant to take from Jonah. Many of us will be familiar with Jonah, maybe from our Sunday school or Sabbath school days. And many people in the world, in the secular world, know something about Jonah. How he was thrown into the water and he was swallowed by a great whale and on some beach he was disgorged from the whale and then he went on to preach in Nineveh and had great success. Many people will know that and that's all they'll know about Jonah. But we want this morning to take the lesson that the Lord Jesus Christ takes from the book of Jonah as we seek to conclude our studies in Jonah. And this is the lesson that Jesus wants to, to use modern words to ram home to us that a greater than Jonas or a greater than Jonah is here. And a greater than Jonah has given you a great sign even today. The scribes and the Pharisees, as they were inclined to do, they followed the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And they came to this point when they asked, we want to see a sign, Master. We want to see a sign. They already saw a sign in the passage that we read. Verse 22 there talks about one who was brought to Jesus, who was possessed with a devil, 
who was blind and who was dumb. And to put it in modern words, he was a despicable and hideous character. His life was totally wrecked, demon-possessed, blind, couldn't see, and he couldn't speak. And what happened? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ healed him. There was a perfect sign for the scribes and the Pharisees and for others that truly there was someone wonderful among them who was doing wonderful deeds and miracles. And of course, this was only one sign that he had given on that occasion. As we know, the Gospels are peppered with the signs that Jesus gave and the miracles that he performed. And we must remind ourselves that in the gospel records, we only have a selection of what Jesus did. He did far more than what's recorded for us in the gospels. And therefore, what I want to say to you and to them, they had a plethora of signs. There were more signs than they could possibly imagine. Jesus had made it abundantly clear that he was the Son of God, that he came down from heaven, that he was the Messiah. They had no excuse. But they were like many people today. Many people, when they, when they talk about considering Christianity, what do they want? They want something more. Always something more. If we see something else, if we saw a miracle, then we would believe. This is the mindset here. And Jesus reminds them, that in his day when Jonah preached some maybe 800 years before the coming of Christ, when he went to the Gentiles who knew nothing about God and he preached the gospel to them in some aspect, what happened? There was a tremendous amount of repentance from the king even to the servants repented at the preaching of Jonah. And here they were, they were wanting a sign, and Jesus said they're not going to get another sign, but the sign of Jonah. And he talks about his own death here. So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And what he says to them is, right before them, right before their very eyes, is one greater than Jonah. Well, we want to look at this and expand upon this theme. How is Jesus greater than Jonah? Well, we have a number of things that we wish to highlight, God willing. First of all, he's greater in his person. He's greater in his person. Who is he? Who is Jesus Christ? Well, friends, he is the Son of God. He is the second person in the glorious Trinity. In Christianity, friends, we acknowledge that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Three persons, one God. Oh, this is a mystery. None of us can understand it. Oh, we can try to understand it. We can meditate upon it, but we will never fully grasp this. And it has been revealed to us. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God who has come down from heaven. 
like no one else has come down from heaven. He is absolutely unique, and he has taken upon himself our nature. He has become just like us, sin only accepted. That's who he is. Now, Jonah, in common with all mankind, was a sinner. And Jonah needed a savior, just like you and I do. We need a savior. So did he. He came by ordinary generation from Adam and Eve, like all of us have done. And therefore, he knew sin. Sin at conception, and sin when he came out of the womb, when he lived. For we know, even the life that we studied, we know that he did sinful things. And therefore, there's a great contrast in the persons. Jonas was a sinner saved by grace. Jesus, the Son of God, could not sin, did not sin, knew not sin, yet he became sin for us on the cross. Now, there are similarities between Jonas and Jesus. Both were Jews. Salvation is of the Jews, and the Lord Jesus Christ was a Jew and is a Jew, and they're both prophets. Jonah had the special privilege of being one who was commissioned by the Lord to deliver his word. He was, in some sense, intimate with God. But the Lord Jesus Christ is infinitely greater than Jonah in this sense, because he brings us the infallible Word of God, because he is the Son of God. It's worth quoting here the opening verses from Hebrews chapter 1. Paul's letter to the Hebrews begins, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Now, the words that the prophets brought were the word of God. But what Paul is highlighting here is not so much the difference in their words and their messages, because there was no difference. But what he's highlighting is the difference in the persons. They were all sinners. They all failed. They had all faults. Yet the message that God had given to them was the word of God. But Jesus Christ is the Son of God. His person is way beyond these individuals. And he goes on, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Do we understand? Do we realize that the Son of God was active in creation? Creation is attributed to the Trinity, to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And the Lord Jesus Christ was indeed active in creation, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty and high. 
No other prophet did all these things. None whatsoever. And therefore, Paul, as he goes through the book of Hebrews, he applies these things to the Hebrews. And he says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord? What's he saying to them? He is saying to them, God has now spoken to us in these last days by the ultimate messenger, his son. Now, whatever the son says does not contradict what the prophets say. But he is a far greater person. And therefore, you are to take heed. And it's the same for us, friends. Here we are in the last days, because the last days began in the times of the Messiah. Here we are. There's going to be no other message from God. This is it. The ultimate revelation has come to us. How shall we escape? How shall you escape? You cannot possibly escape unless you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, unless you believe his gospel, unless you embrace him, as we're glad to say, as he has freely offered to you in the gospel. Well, Jesus is greater than Jonas in his person. And to despise Jesus then is a terrible sin. And to continue to despise Jesus, and if we were to die despising and rejected Jesus, there's no forgiveness, there's no hope, there's no other way to be reconciled. This is the way that God himself has devised. It took the wisdom and the power of God to devise this way of salvation, and it is the only way. Therefore, Jesus is greater than Jonah. He's greater than Jonah also in his message. Jonah's message basically was a message of judgment. Forty days, he says. Forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Forty days and Nineveh will be destroyed. And maybe Jonah, because the kind of person he was, maybe he delighted to preach this message of judgment. Some Christian ministers like to preach a message of judgment. Now, it's important that that message should be preached. But do we delight in it? Judgment, as I have said on previous occasions, is God's strange work. He doesn't like to do it. And therefore, I put it to you, a Christian or a prophet should not delight in telling about the judgment of God that's going to fall upon people. And that's the message that Jonah had. But what was the message that Jesus came with? What was it? It was a message of grace. It was a message of salvation. We are not going to criticize John the Baptist by any manner of means, because we know the Lord Jesus Christ prized him. But there's a difference between the message of John the Baptist and the message of Jesus. John the Baptist was preaching them repentance in order that they might be prepared for the Son of God who would come with this message of grace and salvation. And friends, this is the message that Jesus has brought to us. 
even today here in Partick, as we sit here under the means of grace. It's a message of grace. It's a message of salvation. It is a message of reconciliation. It is as if God is holding out Jesus Christ to you today. Does not John chapter 8, that incident when a woman was taken before Jesus who was caught in the very act of adultery. Think about that for a moment. Who caught her? Those who took her? What part did they play in the adultery? Who knows? But anyway, here were people who took this woman who was caught in the act of adultery. In the Old Testament law, if you were caught in adultery, the punishment was stoning. That's what they wanted Jesus to say. You know the story. You know what happened. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. That's what he said. And slowly but surely they all disappeared. Why? Because their conscience pricked them. They realized that, well, they were not without sin. And therefore they couldn't throw the first stone. Woman, Jesus says, Where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Was Jesus going soft on sin? No. He forgave her. And he gave her a strict commandment. Go and sin no more. What was he saying to her? Turn your life over. Repent. No more of that kind of activity. You have a new opportunity. A new day has begun. A new start. He wasn't going to condemn her. And friends, that's the way for us today. It's to repent and believe the gospel. A new start. Is this not what we need? We're well into a new year. And many people have made New Year's resolutions. And I'm sure we've forgotten all about them. Well, friends, what we need in the new year is a new start. It's to turn over and to believe and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. This one who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. What a message he brings to mankind. This is what we need. It's not a message of judgment. Oh, it's important to stress that if we continue in our sins, then we will face judgment. Yes, but it's also surely fit and appropriate for us to proclaim the forgiveness of sins. Oh, to be reconciled to God, to have that peaceful conscience. Jesus Christ is the one who died for the ungodly. What does Romans tell us? 
For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. That was his message. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a glorious Savior. You know, as we've gone through the book of Jonah, Jonah almost died for his own sins. But Jesus did die. He did die. Not for his own sins, for he was without sin, but for the sins of his people. There's the difference in the message. Jonah, because of his disobedience and his rebellion, almost died, almost perished. Jesus Christ did die. He did face the wrath of God. He went to the grave. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's the gospel. That's what God has done. Not mankind. This is what God has done. And we have a preview of that when we look at Abraham in Genesis chapter 2. What happened? Abraham was being tested. God was testing Abraham. Abraham had his prized son Isaac. And Isaac was a grown individual. What? How old was he? 14, 15, 16 maybe. He was a young lad, a strong lad. And God says, go sacrifice Isaac. And Abraham in obedience went and he was about to sacrifice Isaac. And God told him not to. Because Abraham had revealed that he was prepared to sacrifice his son in obedience to God's command. Well, God did sacrifice his son. He did not hold him back. He did not withhold him. He went. He suffered. A glorious message. Jonah's ministry too was to one city, truly a great city, Nineveh. How many were there? We don't know. At the end of Jonah, end of chapter 4, we're told there a description of 120,000 people who cannot tell the right hand from their left hand. But what does that mean? Well, that phrase that they cannot tell the right hand from their left hand is believed to be attributed to children, to young children who don't know these things. They don't know their right hand or their left hand. And therefore, there was about 120,000 children. How many more adults? We don't know. But it would have been a vast number. Jonah went and ministered to that vast crowd, and he had a wonderful and a glorious ministry. And it was successful because they repented. But look at the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jonas was confined to Nineveh. Oh, you might well argue that today we preach from Jonah. And in some sense, the ministry of Jonah goes on. Well, that may well be true. But look at the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Look at what happened in Calvary. It has worldwide significance. It's not just for the Jews. It's not just for one city, not even a great city, not just for Glasgow or London or New York or Tokyo or Beijing. It's for the whole world. And in that sense, Christ's ministry is universal. And Christ's ministry is still going on. The Lord Jesus Christ is still building his church. Oh, we might lament that the church in, in uh, Glasgow is declining. But the church in other parts of the world is not declining. He is building his church. His ministry is going on. And in that real sense, Christ had a far greater ministry than Jonah. Jonah didn't love the Ninevites. Jonah is one who simply carried out his duty. He was a prophet. God had given him a word. And eventually, at the second opportunity, he delivered that word faithfully. And he is to be recognized for that because it wasn't easy to go to a, a Gentile nation, a violent and a wicked people, and to proclaim that message. That would have been taxing on any individual. But Jonah did his duty. But there was no love in it. His heart really wasn't there. He would love to be back in Israel, preaching to his own people. But that cannot be said for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ was glorious in heaven. He was worshipped and he was adored there as the Son of God. And we might say he lived a wonderful life there in glory in heaven with the Father and the Holy Spirit and the angels. He lacked nothing. He didn't need to go anywhere to prove himself. But he came to this world and he showed his great love for the world, friends. And in that sense, he is infinitely greater than Jonah. He came with passion. He came with compassion. He declared the full extent of his love, even when they were crucifying him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jonah went outside the city, as we noticed last week, to see if God would punish the Ninevites. Jesus prayed that his enemies would be saved. Is he not greater than Jonah? Do we not see his love oozing out of his pores for rebels, for sinners, for those who hate him and despise him? Oh, friend, is that you today? Are you still rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ? Don't you see greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends? Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Christian, the Lord Jesus Christ is the most glorious person in the whole of the universe, yet he calls you his friend. His friend. 
what intimacy we have with him. And he has displayed his infinite love towards us. And it is towards all who will come to him. And we appeal to those who are still separated and estranged from God. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we know you have to take up your cross. Oh, we know things are not going to be easy. But you'll have the Savior. You'll have his presence with you day after day. You'll have that certain and sure promise that he's given to all his disciples. I will never leave you. Never. Lo, oh, I am with you until the ends of the earth. And that's why Paul says we must give greater heed to the words of Christ. Because he has given a greater sign. Jonah, the whale, that was the sign. But the sign that Jesus gives is greater than Jonah, is the resurrection. And here, friends, here we have the very apex, apex of Christianity. That glorious, that wonderful doctrine that Jesus Christ went to the grave. He sanctified the grave for this people. And at the appointed time, he came out of the grave. Oh, he conquered death. What a wonderful message we have to proclaim to all and sundry. Yes, death is before us all. Yes, we'll all go the way of all the earth. We'll all be gathered to our fathers. But friends, one day for the Christian, he will come out of the grave. The grave cannot hold him. Why? Because Jesus Christ has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to, the, to light through the gospel. What is it? What is it that troubles every single human being? What is it? Why does someone go to the pub and get drunk? Why does someone inject drugs into them? Why does someone seek sexual experiences? Why does someone pursue all kinds of things in order that they might avoid this great thing that's coming before all mankind? It is death. Why is it they want to do all everything in order that they will not face up to this? Well, Jesus Christ has faced up to it. He went there, friends. He died. He was taken down from the cross and put into a cold tomb. But he arose. That's the greatest sign that mankind will ever receive. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they got that first hand. They got it. In this day that we're looking at, not long after Jesus was crucified, and he rose again on the third day, we don't believe that they ever saw Christ unless they were believers. The book of Acts makes it very clear that Jesus did not appear to any but believers. But that was the principal greatest sign. That was it. And they were given it. And the apostles, as we've been going through the book of Acts, 
we find them preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And there's great opposition to that wonderful sign. And even today, there's opposition to it. Oh, they say it's nonsense. Oh, it never happened. Well, it did happen. And Christ is alive. Alive forevermore. And therefore, he is far, far greater than Jonah. And friends, as we draw our time to a close, this is what you're meant to learn from the book of Jonah. This is it. This is from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jonah was great. He did wonderful things. He was used by God. But there's one greater than Jonah. And the book of Jonah is to point us to Jesus Christ. That one who alone is greater than Jonah. Amen. And may God bless his word to us. Let us pray together.